0: Hello and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torby,
1: and I'm Pete Torby. This is the aspect where the patients sometimes are left without help or an answer. Um, there's no more surgical intervention you can do or or help. So this is the chance to to give them tools. And trainings to help them see and and live the fullest life they can. And today we'll be talking about some technologies and
2: devices that can do exactly that for people with low vision. We'll speak with
0: Brian Murphy, a sales representative from Iris Vision, about the Inspire Low Vision digital eyewear system and how it can be used in daily life. And you'll even get to hear my experiences as I tried it out. But first for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Brian Murphy.
1: If all your listeners have an eye care provider, before you go uh, purchase anything over the internet or anything that somebody recommends, be it a friend, try to talk to your eye care professional about the device you're looking at or your occupational therapist or anybody that's addressing your visual impairment, because they may steer you in a more narrow direction than everything that's out there today. There's a lot of products that, while intentions may be good, may not be right for you as the patient. Support for Eyes on Success
2: is provided by... The Intracortical Visual Prosthesis Project,
0: as described in Episode 2151. Interested volunteer participants can learn more at www.chicagolighthouse.org slash ICVP or contact them at icvp at iit.edu. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Brian.
1: My name is Brian Murphy. I am the West Regional Sales Manager for Iris Vision. And what is Iris Vision? Iris Vision is a four year old company who focuses on uh, virtual reality glasses that assist the low vision patient.
0: And how did you get into that field?
1: So I've been in the ophthalmic space for almost 18 years. I started out on the um, pharmaceutical side and went through a number of different equipment companies and uh, areas where they do a lot of treatment and and diagnosis and identification of disease, and then into the surgical space. And now finding low vision, I thought this is sort of full circle. This is the aspect where um, the patients sometimes are left without help or an answer. Um, there's no more surgical intervention you can do or, or help. So this is the chance to, to give them tools and trainings to help them see and and live the fullest life they can. Well, we're here today to
0: discuss one of your products.
1: Yes. Can you introduce that to us? Sure. We just launched our most recent product. Um, the model is called the inspire. So previously we had a model called Iris vision live. It was, um, a larger-sized VR, low-vision headset that uh, offered some magnification and other uh, filtering and mode capabilities for, for patients to do their daily tasks and to enhance that experience and to allow them to see as much as possible. VR meaning virtual reality. I'm sorry, virtual reality, correct. We came up with the Inspire because one of the feedback aspects they wanted improvement on the consumer was... To have a smaller profile, to be less out there, if you will, as uh, something that's big and bulky and draws attention to the low vision patient. With the Inspire, it looks like a pair of sunglasses in its design and its form, and it's very lightweight. So it offers a little bit more discretion and a little bit more anonymity in a crowd, if you will, for those that have uh, visual impairments and, and low vision needs.
0: Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners.
2: Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the
0: Inspire Low Vision Aid from Iris Vision.
2: Before we talk about some of the details of this device, maybe you can tell us who it's best
1: used by. Sure. So, It's indicated for uh, patients who have a visual um, restriction of 2080 to about 2400. Some of the uh, disease states or conditions that we find to have the best outcomes with the glasses are folks who have macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy, uh, albinism, some optic neuropathy, optic atrophy, retinitis pigmentosa, Stargardt's disease, So those are, to name a few, uh, areas where uh, the patients who get these seem to benefit the most.
0: When I was young, my vision was about 2080, so the best end of that range. And I could navigate just fine, but my eyes would get tired if I tried even just walking around without my eyeglasses all day. But Even at the 2080 end of that range, that would be a benefit. You know, it would have been hard for me to read. It would have been hard for me to do any kind of fine work. And you, Pete, when you were at your happy stage, were at the high end of that range.
2: Yes, I had between 2200 and 2400. I couldn't see the blackboard even from the first row in the classroom. And it definitely would have helped back then with uh, seeing TV, movies, the blackboard, etc., yeah, usually we
0: do these interviews remotely from our computer to somebody else's computer, but Brian is sitting across the room from us, so this is a little special. So, And he brought the device so that we could look at it. So can you describe it to our
1: listeners? Sure. The way I describe this to folks if I'm talking on the phone is that it looks like an oversized pair of sunglasses with capabilities to enhance visualization through magnifications, filterings, and modes. It's tethered to a cell phone, a Samsung S21 device. So it allows you to take the weight of a battery off of your head or off of the frames and keep it in a pocket to make it more of a lifestyle device for maneuvering through the home or in the backyard or accomplishing tasks where weight can be a bit cumbersome on your head. And then some of the smarts is in the smartphone as well. Correct. Uh, it's got an application, an app that allows us to constantly update its functionalities and capabilities and allows the uh, consumer to benefit from some of the, the really cool features that I'm sure we'll go into.
2: You mentioned that it was tethered to a cell phone. Does it have to be a specific cell phone or will it work with Android or
1: iOS devices? Right. So um, Iris Vision is in uh, partnership currently with Samsung. So this is a Samsung phone that it's paired with. Uh, Down the road, I know the intentions or the goal would be to allow the glasses to work with any phone. Uh, Once we've gotten the app to a level where um, corruption and security from uh, everyone's phones isn't a problem, but uh, we're not there yet. So it does come with the phone and the glasses. So the flip side of that
0: would be if it comes with a particular phone, can you use that phone as
1: a phone and
0: everything else, or is it just dedicated to this
1: task? We don't recommend that it's used as your everyday personal cell phone or, or device. Uh, it's intended to be used as a medical assistive device.
0: So you would have this phone in one pocket running the glasses and some other device, if you so choose, as your phone and everything else.
2: Correct. And I take it a lot of the smarts of the device is built into the phone, it, rather than the device itself, and that way it makes it easily upgradable. Correct
1: for the upgrade, uh, definitely allows us to make quick and um, frequent upgrades. The glasses themselves have a lot of features in them too. There's some manual focusing that can be done. There's some autofocusing that's done through the glasses. There's also a microphone built into the glasses as well as um, some voice command prompting stuff too. So both of them work in conjunction together.
0: So you can use speech in and speech out with the device, even if you're just low vision. Correct. And there are some physical buttons that you can press to
1: interact with the various modes. Yes, definitely for some operational capabilities, you can use the glasses and or the phone. Well,
0: I'm ready to check it out.
1: Okay, so the first thing you want to do is is, uh, put the glasses on. Um, prior to just doing that, go ahead and identify the buttons that you'll be pushing from the glasses. The, the first one I mentioned is the manual focusing knob. This little, correct. So that takes you from zero to eight diopters. So you'll want to do one eye at a time. As you put the glasses on, you'll see the word focus and you want to move that slider to where focus comes into the best view for you. And then you can stop. Oh my gosh. It is really sharp. So give that manual focus a little bit of a push on each eye. Well, that makes it worse. Okay, then don't go that direction.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I can make it very sharp.
1: Okay, so now identify those four buttons towards the front um, that have the Braille-infused sort of texturing. You'll find button one, button two, button three, button four towards the front there.
0: Yeah, and they respectively have one, two, three, and four dots on them, but I'm using my thumbs, which have catalysts on them. It's that time of year. And no problem identifying them just by location, even though I can't really distinguish the dots.
1: Go ahead and press button number one for me. So now you should be able to see around the room. This is sort of the, your everyday mode. It's called our scene mode. And then with your right hand, you'll f- find those two buttons there go ahead and press those and adjust your magnification. And then you'll notice the autofocus. So if you look at me and then look away at a distance, you'll notice the camera will autofocus for you.
2: And I don't know if our listeners can hear, but Nancy is actually getting speech feedback in her ears as to what function is being performed and what setting it's settling on.
0: So right now I've got it on Zoom level eight, And Brian's head more than fills the screen. But I can...
2: Six, five, four, three.
0: And then I see Brian with the window behind him and all sorts of other stuff.
1: How does the weight feel? Does it feel um, heavy or a little bit more than maybe a pair of sunglasses?
0: Oh, it's way more than a pair of sunglasses. But not too much. I have a little nose and I just kind of feel like it wants to slide off, but... I assume that can be adjusted.
1: This is included too with any purchase. We have uh, optional ear hooks that would actually hang behind the ears like a pair of uh, normal glasses would. And we also have a head strap that's removable or you can add it as needed. So if you are doing a little bit more vigorous activities, it'll it'll keep on your head and, and keep secure.
0: Well, even not vigorous, but if I were washing the dishes, I wouldn't want this falling into the sink. Definitely. Not that I wash the dishes.
2: Pete does that. So since we're on audio, our listeners can't see the glasses, and I can't see them either. But maybe, Brian, you can tell them about how big these are. I mean, my impression of VR headsets are like these big goggle-type devices, but I'm guessing that's not what these are.
0: So to me, they're somewhere between sports sunglasses, which you use, but they're smaller than ski goggles.
1: That's a great way to put it.
0: But as Brian said earlier, they're not like these big, obvious virtual reality headset. You could get by and claim that they were sort of normal oversized sunglasses. And then there's a camera, I assume, in the middle. Yes.
1: So try another mode for me. Press that um, the first button on your left hand again. So now you're in the television mode, which will allow folks to get rid of some of the glare and um, modern television blue light issues that come with uh, HD style TVs. Well, that's pretty dramatic, especially looking at
0: Brian because there's a sunny window behind him. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of the glare went
1: away. And then the next mode, if you try, is for reading. So, reading um, paper mode uh, reading. type stuff, be it magazines or newspapers. The next mode we're going to add is an inverted mode. So, for the folks that enjoy, Uh, not the white background with black lettering. We're going to add black background with white lettering to sort of invert that coloring and provide a better contrast. That's the way I used to read with my
2: closed-circuit TV system that magnified print back when I had some vision. White on black was a lot easier to see than black on white. That's how I read EPUB books. I
0: learned from interacting with Pete that that was easier on the eyes, and he was right So even with normal vision, I always prefer white on black.
1: When I work with the uh, eye care professionals and low vision doctors, it's definitely a mode they see their patients utilizing the most. That and um, our future uh, OCR capability, so the optical character recognition, it'll be able to read the text back to you as the patient.
2: That's a pretty handy thing, even for people who can see, to have something read to them and they can sort of multitask
1: while they're doing something else with their eyes. I won't show my kids that, though. I want them to learn how to read first. So <laughs> That's important, whether it's print or Braille. And then if you try the next mode, uh, it's a new mode we're just adding called RP mode. You'll find it to have a lot more natural color. It's a more focused mode, less field of view, but you can see it has a lot more color characters and and pixelation kind of stuffed into the middle view there
0: yeah that's pretty impressive because I'm obviously looking at you and there's a background but you're in sharp focus in the middle of the screen and what's behind you is pretty much in the background not as distracting as it was
1: yeah that's great that's a it's a mode that people seem to be really appreciative of Mm -hmm. since I've um, just started showing it to them it's brand new so yeah that's pretty cool So what else can this thing do? Well, um, if you push the button again, you'll see what's what's coming very shortly is the ability to access a YouTube channel. So we will be able to allow the patient or the consumer, if you will, to watch YouTube channels, um, be it movies, television, or uh, informative stuff uh, through the YouTube channel, and it'll feed right into their glasses. And we're going to continue to sort of introduce apps as we find them to be more stable for Uh, this device. Things like Netflix and more popular common apps that are used will be adding them to the phone.
0: And that's got to be a lot easier to focus on with it having all of these adjustable parameters than trying to watch a television across the
1: room. Definitely. At least it gives those who are visually impaired the option. If you want to watch a TV across the room, you can use the magnification of the scene mode or the television mode to give you that. But if you wanted something in more detail, a little closer to you, then you can utilize the uh, apps to watch that show or that program or sporting event.
2: We've talked with other manufacturers of electronic or digital eyewear glasses, and often they're not recommended for walking around. They're recommended for people sitting in one place. Is this something that
1: people can use when they're being mobile? We fall in that same category. We don't recommend folks buy this with the intention of being mobile. You know, there's accidents and and liabilities and legalities that that follow that. But we call it a task-specific pair of glasses. So be that cooking, gardening, uh, house chores. We understand that we're human beings and there's movement involved, but our recommendation is uh, don't buy these with the intention of of running or walking or carrying that on. Speaking of other digital eyewear
2: that's available these days what would you say distinguishes the iris vision system from
1: some of the competition sure Uh, some of the models that are out there are cumbersome as as nancy mentioned um heavy gaming style 3d goggles if you will or or headsets Um, some require them to be mounted on your head where it's um, weighted on top it's strapped around your head This allows you to uh, take them off. You can hang them off your neck with a lanyard. You can put them on a baseball cap. So I think the design makes it very unique compared to the other models out there. And then, of course, the functionalities that we're putting in there, the capabilities, uh, the lifestyle applications that uh, people seem to enjoy nowadays is going to really separate us. And Pete, what you had mentioned, the ability to upgrade the phone and update it, on the fly uh, makes it to where it's it's never an outdated device it's always up to date
0: and it's not uncomfortable you know given the benefit to your vision that you can attain with something like this i mean i had it on for 10 or 20 minutes i was fine i wouldn't mind having it on for an hour or two or you know watch a whole movie work at the computer do whatever
1: tasks Yeah, that's really the intention and the hope is that this product allows folks to enjoy that Sunday football game for two hours, to partake in a play, a movie, uh, involve yourself at an art gallery and and looking at at paintings and pictures. Um, Something I didn't get into is that we now have a Bluetooth uh, remote to where you can use the remote instead of using your hands to adjust your modes and your settings and your brightnesses and contrasts. Uh, This remote here will allow you to toggle through everything. So if you're sitting in a seat in a movie theater, you can turn off the volume. You can still see the level you're at and you can adjust for magnifications up or down. Again, in a bit of a discretion type atmosphere.
0: Cool. And then when you're done with
1: it for the day, it comes with a handy carrying case. And a charger. There's a charger tucked in there too. So you just put the, the phone back on the charger. It charges relatively fast and plug it back in when you're ready to go. And about how long will the batteries last once they're fully charged? Sure. So if you're using it fully, we say about two and a half to three hours where it's on and you're using it and you're pressing the modes and the buttons and the magnifications. So uh, for folks that want to use it for over an eight hour period, say, if they're engaging in, you know, a lot of activities or a lot of viewing, we recommend they get an external charging case. like a, It's called a Mophie charger that goes on the outside of it. It extends the battery life a bit. There's some folks who buy an extra phone from us. They keep one fully charged all the time. They'll use this until it dies, the one that's the other one. They'll take that one out and put the fully charged one in and then swap the phone back on the charger. So it gives them a uh, full day's worth of.
0: So you could go to work in the morning and not have to take two hours off to charge in the middle of the day.
1: Sure. Yeah.
2: So talking about purchasing such a device, first of all, it's a big change for people. And they may not be familiar with the system, how it might work for them. And then also it's a, a relatively major investment for a number of people. How can people get a feel for whether they would like to use this device? Do you come and do personal demos like you're doing here, or
1: is it an opportunity for people to use one on a trial basis? Yeah, great question. So right now we're trying to roll this out to as many uh, eye care providers as we can. But in the meantime, uh, consumers can buy this off of our website. And if they want to do a 30-day trial period, they can. There's only one requirement. With that, we will ship you the device They have to partake in three training sessions, okay? So we will absorb the return. We will give you back your money 100% as long as you've completed three training sessions. The first go around with a different model, we found that loved ones or sighted helpers were buying these devices for the family member. The family member wasn't ready for it or interested per se, and we were taking back a lot of these models. So uh, a lot of what we do now is um, a little bit of pre-screening, You know, we will tell folks, we don't think this is going to be a help Mm -hmm. to you. If we don't feel like it will be a help for the folks that do proceed, we say it's a minimum of three trainings, hour long each, you can break them up if that's a little bit too much for the patient or the, um, individuals elderly and doesn't want to sustain an hours long training. But as long as those are completed, no questions asked money back guarantee. We will send you an empty FedEx box, put it in, ship it back to the company.
0: You know, that's a great concept. We won't sell it to you unless you let us teach you how to use it.
1: Yeah. For some, this is a brand new and very technology-forward approach to addressing their vision loss. Uh, Many people have just used magnifiers or uh, binocular-type devices, which aren't really devices. They're um, instruments that are very static. They're given to you. You hold them, or they're put on your glasses. This requires some involvement, button pushing. You can do audio commands, but it still involves you understanding where you're going and what you want out of it. So we do require the three trainings, and we found that that does help folks get over some reluctancy and you know disinterest in learning the technology. It 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 gives them, hey, maybe I can get something out of these glasses. So
2: you alluded to a number of new concepts you've had for these glasses, and I'm wondering if you could share with our listeners. What might be some of your future directions and what people might expect in the future?
1: Yeah, so some of the developments they want to head towards are more data plan-involved applications to where we can offer the patient the ability to do voice-to-text or even um, partake in a phone call through the glasses. We're still a bit away from accomplishing that yet, but that's a direction we want to head into getting more into the um, lifestyle apps that people enjoy. So if it's Facebook or or Instagram to see the family photos, um, using the glasses to take photos, to do picture taking off of the glasses so that you can see the sunset that you showed me or the sunrise we were looking at, uh, things like that. And you can keep that picture and zoom in on it and, and afford yourself the ability to see what other folks are seeing. And some of the applications are going to be more geared towards helping out the clinicians help folks before they get to a real low vision status. So these glasses are going to have implications and um, abilities to do remote testing. So from your home now, we can put in tests that your ophthalmologist or optometrist can then review, like visual fields, visual acuities, Amsler grids, things that uh, folks that have mobility challenges can do at their home. And the information is fed to the doctor remotely for review. That's terrific.
0: You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the Inspire Low Vision Aid and how to contact the folks at Iris Vision, including Brian Murphy.
2: Brian, tell our listeners where they can find out more about the Inspire device
1: and Iris Vision. Our website is irisvision.com, I R I S Vision.com. And on there, you can find a lot of uh, avenues, resources, and information on the product itself.
0: And if people have questions or comments,
1: how would they submit those? They can email me. I'll give you my email address. It's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at irisvision.com. Again, brian, B-R-I-A-N, at irisvision.com. Yeah, is there a phone number people can use? Sure. They can call our uh, sales and support number, which is 1-855-449-4536. Again, it's 855-449-4536. Do you have a social media presence? We do. Yeah, I think if you search uh, Facebook, Iris Vision, Instagram, Twitter, all the popular ones. Um, I'm not a huge social media person, so I don't visit them myself, but I know they're they're there. And where is this device available? So it's... Currently available to most all markets. I know there's some markets that it may not be uh, currently available to yet, but the goal would be to sooner than later make it available to all. Most English speaking countries we can accommodate and send the device to, but I think best would be to email me or call that uh, 855 number and inquire from the country you're calling from to see if uh, we do offer the product in your location. Is there anything we missed that you wanted to talk about? No, just to let the audience know that we try to work within everyone's budget. So it's worth reaching out. It's worth looking at the website.
2: And in case you missed any of that in the audio, you can find that information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. That's it for show number
0: 2203. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about the accessibility of medical devices, or not, as the case may be. In order for people to take charge of their own health and manage certain medical conditions, it is often important that medical monitoring devices be accessible to those who need them. We'll talk with Tom Tobin and Jeff Bishop, who are both blind and diabetic, about the importance of having accessible devices and where we stand today. Hope to see you for
2: next week's episode.
0: You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpey and Peter
2: Torpey. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.